You're listening to The 7 Peer Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders, entrepreneurs, and startups fill gaps, streamline operations, and drive success across the seven peers of business. Really quick before we dive into this week's episode, a lot of you haven't yet hit the follow button on your podcast listening platform of choice. And so if you've ever enjoyed this podcast, we have a request. Please go hit the follow button. It helps the show more than you know, and the more exposure we have, the more people we can share these dynamic insights and stories with. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Seven Peer Podcast. This is Anthony Rotoli. I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Davis. I'm hoping everybody is excited for who we have with us. I know it's always a secret when we're on these podcasts, but it's never a secret because you guys get to see the thing before it comes out. So it's always a little bit of a telling thing. But If they read the show notes. Yeah, don't read, don't read the notes. Just come right to the podcast. Join us on here, you know, because I think we have a really cool topic today, which we'll get into in a couple of minutes. Aaron, I know it's, you know, that time of year, it's getting a little crazy around there. So are you ready for what's about to ensue over the next couple of weeks? <laughs> I guess so. Here's to, here's to hoping that all flights depart and land when they're supposed to and all the things. I've <laughs> got to tell you, though, I... I'm leaving the elf on the shelf for the classroom. I can't be responsible for facilitating yet another thing in the house. You know, I'm already playing secret Santa and sneaking in and eating cookies and carrots and things. So we'll leave the elf. We're going to touch on this with our guests too, because I know there's a young one out there. We'll talk a little bit about that because we just had this conversation about the elf on the shelf the other night at dinner and they were all wondering when he would show up. And I looked at him and I said, you three are teenagers. Yeah. You can take care of it yourself if you want to. And they all looked at me and they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, yes, I believe too. Sure. Okay. He, he will be here over the next couple of weeks. We'll see about Coming. that. So yeah, it was just funny that we had that. And then, you know, I've been running around starting to get, you know, a bunch of shopping and I had this thought and I know at least you and I, and we'll see if our guest is as well, is an Apple person. So I was walking by the Apple store. And so I was thinking about this one. If I walk by the Apple store and it was getting robbed, am I an eyewitness? Well, it's funny you should mention that, Anthony, because... I mean, Apple, you know, they're super innovative, right? So if they started producing houses, would they have windows? Oh, yeah. See, that's a great question (laughs) because I don't know if they would have windows. (laughs) But that is what you guys get when you listen to the podcast. Like, you never know where this is going to go. So with that said, I think we have a really cool topic. Let's start. (laughs) We'll move into the real things now instead of the jokes back and forth as we usually do. You know, one of the things we're going to talk about today is another really cool, exciting thing. It's around the ecosystem and the culture and community and the things that we see here, especially in RTP, because we have this unique culture um, that is a part of the of the general area. You know, one of the things that everybody seems to 
look at is like, where are you in the areas and what's the interconnection between these? And I think we'll talk a little bit about that because, you know, today we're going to talk a little bit about Durham. You know, Durham continues to grow. Durham has a couple really cool things there, including the most famous major minor league baseball team ever, the Durham Bulls, uh, which I spend a lot of time going to see games up there. And it's a really cool community and ecosystem. And, you know, I want to pick the brain of our guest today a little bit about what's going on up there. So Erin, tell everybody who we have with us on the podcast today. Yes. So on today's podcast, we have the privilege of hosting Tim Scales, who is the executive director at American Underground. And for anybody out there listening that's unfamiliar, American Underground is a startup hub and community of entrepreneurs located in downtown Durham, North Carolina. And Tim is coming into today's episode with a lot of learned wisdom to offer Anthony because he's founded both a successful marketing company and an unsuccessful tech startup. So lots of nuggets and experience to share with the seven peer listener community out there. And I'm excited to dive into all of that a bit more here shortly. He has an MBA from Duke University and currently lives in Durham with his wife and their boisterous kindergartner. So in the spirit of relating to the dynamic energy that comes with being a parent and Elf on the Shelf and Santa and all the things, and obviously having your household amplified by the enthusiastic presence of a young one, Tim, welcome to the Seven Peer Podcast. Thanks so much, y'all. So good to be here. I muted myself so you wouldn't hear me groaning at your jokes earlier as you uh, intro the show. Welcome to my life, Tim. Yeah, this is this is part of you know what what happens when we start doing these conversations. You never know where they're going to go, and sometimes people throw them out there. So it's uh, it's always worth doing. And Tim, thank you for uh, for joining us today. I think it's going to be pretty cool. You do have a young one as well, so I know you know it's the crazy time of year, depending on which holidays you celebrate for all of these things. So how's that going on your side? Yeah, it is a it is a fun time of year for sure. We celebrate Christmas. Um, I have a six year old at home who has been building his Christmas list since around December 26th last year. Uh, and the hardest thing right now is, uh, is he's still very much uh, into Santa and into elves and has the idea that elves can make any toy. And so we're having to try to convince him that elves can only build toys that are uh, do not defy the laws of physics, uh, do not actually <laughs> cause bodily harm. Like we need to be real careful about these things. And he's not, he's, uh, yeah. he's pretty convinced that elves can do anything. So that's going to be a, a tough awakening yeah. on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. I think between elves and the people who deliver them, who are Santa's helpers and uh, all of the things that go in between. Cause I remember those days of having the young ones. And I know um, Aaron has a young one as well of the, you know, elves sometimes are up late at night, the night before still building things. Um, <laughs> been there. If I can offer you any advice. One year I was able to convince my daughter to leave Santa iced coffee because, you know, he's going all night long. That may work for you if you're a yeah, coffee. Exactly. So. Either that or a nice <laughs> glass of bourbon. I think Santa appreciates either one. Yes. yes. Santa would yes. love that. Yes, he would. <laughs> Santa doesn't need cookies. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can leave those for for somebody yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah, I know. But that's the, you know, that's the fun of this time of year. So obviously, you know, with that, everything going on, it gets busy, it gets crazy, but let's kind of let's dive in a little bit because there's a lot going on in the Durham community and you know, as we look at what's starting to happen there, 
you know, tell us a little bit about what's going on, you know, up there at the American Underground. Tell people about the journey that led you to become the executive director, because you have all of these other things in your background as well. So give us a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. So uh, American Underground has been in Durham uh, for about 13 years now, started in 2010 uh, in a basement of the American Tobacco Campus. So American Underground uh, started very specifically originally as a home for uh, tech startup accelerators with a mission of building the tech entrepreneurship scene in Durham, uh, which was there, but it wasn't, there was no place for it to coalesce in Durham at that point. Uh, and uh, for folks that are new to Durham, it's, it's hard to see how much Durham has evolved in just the past 10 to 15 years. Um, I grew up around here. I remember when downtown smelled like tobacco still. Uh, it's hard to believe that that's within a relatively short period of time. It is now has become a tech hub and a, and a nationally known center for. I mean, look, that's within the last 20 years. It was it, it like to where it is now, like, to your point, like in the last 10 years, like that was within the last 20 years, which is crazy to think yeah. about. Yeah, there was not. Uh, people say there was not a whole lot of reason to come to downtown Durham about 20 years ago. There was almost nothing open on Main Streets, not a lot of residential downtown, not a lot of business. Uh, and when the tobacco moved out, it really left a void. Uh, and then a lot of folks have been working real hard to rebuild uh, downtown in a lot of areas. And the tech side of things has been one. Uh, and in a lot of ways, AU has been successful in, in achieving that mission of building a tech entrepreneurship scene or contributing to the growth of that scene within Durham uh, to the point where companies like Google and Apple are putting headquarters or putting satellite offices in Durham. Uh, as a place to really tie into that uh, tech scene and uh, continue its evolution. So that's all had been happening in the last few years. And uh, AU's definitely been along for that journey. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty cool because, right, this goes into a lot of what we see just in our unique kind of environment that we have, you know, in the area. And, you know, part, and Durham is a very vital part you know, piece of this whole thing. And it's really interesting to watch, right, as, as that whole downtown scene has evolved with the Performing Arts Center, the Durham Bulls, you've got this tech hub happening. To your point, you've got, you know, the evolution that's happening. And there's a there's a big evolution that is truly happening in Durham. And again, like we said, it's in the last couple of decades. You know, but look, take a look at that evolution. Look at where, you know, from when American Underground started to when you joined and kind of going forward. Like, what do you see as the impact that it's been now that the tech scene is really starting to take off down there? Yeah, I think there's uh, impact in so many different ways. So I uh, originally joined the American Underground as a member in 2017. So I had my own startup. That was the uh, the unsuccessful tech startup that Aaron mentioned at the in the intro. Uh, but it was that's, that seems to be a familiar tone, by the way, for a lot of guests that we have. We all seem to have one of those under our belt. Yeah, you got to have at least one, maybe sometimes more than one. Uh, but yeah, unsuccessful venture, but very successful sort of intro to uh, to the startup community. Um, got me landed at the AU, connected to this community. Uh, and the impact on me as an entrepreneur was pretty immediate. Uh, it was, I'd gone from a friend and I who were co-founding this venture, meeting in, in a living room and just the two of us trying to figure this out to suddenly being surrounded by people that, uh, that uh, who were available at the raise of a hand to help out with us sort of getting through the challenges that we were facing. So many of which were new to us, but not new to entrepreneurs in general. And that was the key thing of just being able to say, I'm struggling on this little thing or I'm uh, um, I one pivotal conversation was real early on. I had a conversation with uh, Ricky Wolman of, of written word media. I was struggling with uh, Facebook ads and investing my money correctly and 30 minutes with her, which I never would have had if I hadn't been part of the AU community uh, saved me so much money 
so much time uh, that just wasting on that and really pointed me in the right direction. So it's those little moments uh, of, um, of change that can occur within a community like this uh, that uh, is, is uh, where the power of the community is. So when you think about the impact of the community, a lot of it is those little moments and how those then trickle down into the success of entrepreneurs uh, more broadly. Um, when we look at success metrics, a lot of it is uh, the um, 350 million raised by AU member companies over the last 10 years, the hundreds of jobs created, I think 4,000 jobs created uh, to date by, by AU member companies. Things like that wow. are really clear outputs of the community as well, uh, driven by the growth and success of our members. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge impact because you, if you look at that as part of just the general community and the ecosystem that's being built there, and I use the word ecosystem loosely, right? Because everybody's got like connections into other things. It's not always just one place here locally. Yeah. But I think one of the, the key points that you said there, which I think is something that a lot of people take for granted, is the openness to collaborate that people have when you're part of those communities. And, and it's it's really interesting because as I work in and out of the different communities here, having been in the area for so long, you know, it, it's really interesting that it, it doesn't change when you move from one place to the other. So, you know, tell, tell everybody a little bit about like, you know, kind of Durham and its uniqueness versus how it really connects into what you're seeing around town. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that is a key part of the culture of, of Durham and the triangle is this, uh, incredibly generous openness to uh, to make time for early stage entrepreneurs or founders at any stage, uh, whether or not they um, can, uh, there's no expectation of a transactional relationship. There is very much an expectation of we're all in this together and uh, folks are willing to make that, that 15 minute phone call or that 30 minute coffee, uh, which can be uh, incredibly transformational for folks at the right time and really uh, change their direction in a way that will um, uh, really set them up for success. And I think that uh, the, the startup community here has grown dramatically over the past 10 years in the broader triangle. The tech community has grown. I think we've been really good at intentionally maintaining that culture, despite the fact that it's not the tiny, close-knit community it once was. It is a much broader network with a lot of uh, different uh, uh, players sort of convening it. Uh, but still holding true to that that clear focus on uh, generous collaboration in the early stage. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that collaboration comes true. Like we can talk about a lot of the projects and things that are going on and what we see kind of through the initiatives of we'll call it the collaboration of the different areas. So, you know, as an example, you know, Raleigh-Durham Startup Week. Right. I think this is a great example of collaboration between two completely independent units, making it to be a very different you know, environment, because you could have easily said, we're going to do a Durham startup week. We could, we're going to do a Raleigh, you know, startup week and never collaborate on these things. But these are right, some of those local initiatives that get a little bit more broader and allow for the combination, you know, of, you know, thoughts and experience and all that kind of stuff. And I know you're a part of all of the things that go on there, Tim. Like, let's talk about that as an example of some of the projects and initiatives and, and why that's really beneficial to the area. Yeah, I think that the, the, the convening in so many different ways has been really uh, key. Again, as the ecosystem grows, maintaining those cross connections uh, has been valuable. So Triangle Startup Week, Raleigh-Durham Startup Week, right, even Raleigh-Durham is, is too specific because it is fully the broader triangle and invites folks in from the larger region as well. 
Um, last year, we had about a thousand folks show up to that based in, at uh, AU and other locations in Durham and a number of locations in, in Raleigh, including Raleigh Founded. You had uh, Lauren Romer on previously, uh, a great partner of ours across the, the Durham-Raleigh divide, um, and uh, really allows folks to, uh, to, to dive into the scene and really see who's active and, and what connections they can form quickly. Um, behind the scenes, there's a group called the Triangle ESO Network. It's the Entrepreneurial Support Organization's. Uh, so we meet regularly as well to share ideas and challenges and uh, really center the entrepreneur's journey and figure out where the gaps are for the entrepreneurs that we're trying to serve uh, in the area. Um, and even uh, this morning, I sent an email out to about 30 people who are work for independent co-working spaces in the Triangle and just said, hey, let's have lunch in January. We are uh, kind of competitors in some way, but we're much more likely to be collaborators and supporters. So like, let's get to know each other. Uh, and maybe that'll turn into something, maybe it'll just be a lunch, uh, but I think that we'll probably get a good crowd and it will be a good opportunity to, to connect and again, figure out how we can collaborate across the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, I think, Tim, that's a really good point because at the end of the day, yeah, there is some of that competitive nature, right, when you're looking at some of these types of things, so like, just like in every environment, business, whatever you're setting up. But there is, in, in the kind of the world of how this is being built in the area, it is really more collaborative than it is competitor. And it is truly a meant, this is why I always say this is a very unique area that's something to you said it too, the, you know, the willingness to help the willingness to adapt, the willingness to do all of these things cross lines really doesn't exist here. And, you know, when you look at that, you know, just from the grand scheme of things, and I see it just because I've been a part of some of the entrepreneurial support, you know, meetings and things like that, because of just my connections here with running companies over the years and, and the importance of all of that is critical for helping find talent, right? Helping cultivate the business, helping find locations, you know, helping others, find things that, you know, that they're a fit, you know, as I look at, you know, those kinds of things inside of the environment, and when you look at, you know, some of the pieces to the puzzle, right? I think what you just said, there's a critical nugget that your willingness to reach out to these others to help with collaboration is, is not something just to take lightly. I think if everybody was doing this, we would be that much better than we were before. So I applaud you, you know, for kind of taking that step, right? And reaching out and saying, hey, this is not just that. Because I think it will boost the ecosystem as a whole. I mean, what are some of the things, uh, you know, that American Underground is doing specifically that you're seeing boost, you know, at least the Durham scene, but it really is helping a little bit more widespread. Yeah, so we, uh, our, our business model is co-working. So we are a co-working space and then uh, that business model drives the mission of the organization, which is to convene the entrepreneurial community, provide events and activities. And we really focus on the in-person element. Um, our guiding philosophy is that you can sustain relationships online, but in order to build deep relationships, they require an in-person component. Uh, and that real collaboration and connection starts in person. And so that's where we've leaned into. We've scaled back some of our educational offerings because it's you are able to access those remotely or, or asynchronously. Uh, but what you can't is, is creating those in-person opportunities. So uh, a, a, a majority of the events that we run are really focused around how do we get uh, the right folks in the right room at the right time in a structure that allows them to create connections um, for our members, that's our weekly member mixers that are just based around, let's get people up in our Google Lounge on the third floor and the rooftop, and um, maybe we'll have uh, a game or an activity or something that gets people connecting as people, uh, or we'll host a convening of climate tech entrepreneurs or something like that uh, to allow people within an industry to connect. 
Uh, or we run our annual Black Founders Exchange program with Google for Startups, which is very much focused on Black tech founders and uh, creating community for them and opportunities for connections. So it's really, yeah, building these opportunities for in-person connection and then really carefully curating how those experiences go to ensure that people get a lot out of them because it's it's a high bar for people to show up to things in person these days. You really got to deliver some real value in those moments. Yeah, but for those that haven't been onto the rooftop, I will tell you, it is a pretty cool place to be. There is a lot, you know, there are some draws, uh, you know, right by the uh, little bar area too. So for those that are it's interested, true. that it's always true. helps. It's worth your while. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, but I think it is a pretty cool thing, right? Because you are looking at the bigger picture overall. A couple of the examples you just gave are what we've heard, you know, quite a bit from others here about, you know, it takes community and it takes people and it takes them to, you know, because they are the assets, you know, inside of all these, because they're the ones coming up with the ideas. They're the ones that are building this. And, you know, when you have the ability to bring them all together in person, it's not an easy task to your point, because we all have things, you know, going on. Um, but when you actually bring together groups and subgroups, you know, like that, it's pretty cool because I've seen, you know, and have attended a bunch of these things. Um, it really does help with community. So, you know, those that are out there that are looking for these things that are listening, pay attention to this because, you know, there are lots of other people like you that are doing things. And, you know, the American Underground is putting together a lot of this stuff. And it's always fun, you know, to kind of watch and see, you know, some of the events and activities that are happening. You know, looking at kind of what's next, like what are, you know, if you're looking at the bigger picture, we obviously talked a little bit about, you know, the startup week stuff that's coming up. You know, what is like kind of the one big thing that you're looking at? At for going into 2024 as an initiative or something that you think will be a little bit different than what American Underground has done before? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of what we're going to do is continue doing what we're doing because uh, I feel like we've, we have a really strong community here. We listen to what the community is, is seeking and, and, uh, and continue to, to do that kind of work. Um, we are looking at some evolutions of our founder-focused programming. Uh, we've, we've run the Black Founders Exchange for many years. We're looking at how we can take what we've learned about creating a really uh, curated intensive experience for founders and expanding that across the year uh, and really focusing on the North Carolina and Southeast region, um, establishing Durham as a place for founders to come and build those connections and then distribute back to their areas. Uh, more collaborations with folks in Atlanta and DC and New York and others on the East Coast uh, to create opportunities for our local entrepreneurs to connect with events and activities there and vice versa. Uh, and so um, it is a balance between sustaining the in-person day-to-day community here and also creating those uh, flagship events uh, that really serve the broader startup ecosystem. Uh, but things like Startup Week, that'll be back in April uh, and others that uh, are, are well into uh, planning stages at this stage. Yeah, that's very cool because there's, you know, there's lots of cool things that can be done in the area. And it's, you know, it, it, to your point, the broader Southeast, right, is becoming a, a hot spot for a lot of different things. And we do have something special that continues to evolve here. And, you know, the Bull City has a lot of that going on. And especially if you're in the summertime, you want to catch a ball game, good place to go. It's, there's lots of activities yeah, going yeah. on. So, you know, for those that aren't in the area, come up you know, check it out to come down because I know we've got some listeners up north and some other places as well. This It's a pretty fun place uh, to be, especially, you know, around ball game time. That they 
having gone to multiple events and the things that they do, it's always interesting and, you know, take advantage of the American underground, which is literally across the street <laughs> from everything. So, you know, before we kind of wrap up, I got a couple other quick questions for you. You know, one of the things that a lot of people ask us is advice. Like, how do I get started? How do I learn more? You know, what are the things that you think are key takeaways for, those that are getting ready to start a company, look, you, you've been there, I've been there, we've all been there. A lot of us have been there with, you know, you did it once, it didn't work and the idea didn't fly and I just give up and I just don't want to do that. But like, let's put it out there. Like, why shouldn't you give up? Like, what's the piece of advice you would give everybody and why, you know, does American Underground really help with a lot of that? Yeah, I think that... Uh, um depends who you're talking to and what stage they're at. But we talk to a lot of folks here who are uh, really at the idea stage and looking how to take that first step. Uh, and maybe they have a really strong idea. Maybe they they would like to have a really strong idea. They're trying to figure out what that process looks like. And a lot of times folks just get stuck in the Googling and spreadsheeting and business planning stage. They're in their own head. They're by themselves. They're looking up things. They're asking chat GPT questions. Uh, but they're not going out and being uh, really being brave enough to take their idea to people uh, who can really give them candid feedback. So not their not their partner, not their mom, not people who will be like, that's great, uh, which is a trap that I fell into as an unsuccessful tech entrepreneur. I built something that my friends and family said was cool. Uh, and I was like, external validation. Great. Uh, and then when I finally took exactly. it to customers too late, uh, it was yeah. uh, it wasn't the right thing. And, um, and so, uh, my advice is always, uh, don't hold on to that idea. If you think it's good, then, then prove it, get out there, talk to people who will, uh, talk to the 50 or hundred people who you don't know, who would have some stake in this, if it became the solution and, uh, and really understand, uh, if it's viable or not and, and listen to the feedback. And if it's, if you're not getting, uh, the positive feedback that you want, then recognize that and, and evolve as needed to meet them. And I think that's a really good point because, you know, looking at that solution fit, right, and trying to understand what it is an evolution, right? You have to work at that to really understand if it is. And I'm going to put the plug in places like the American Underground are actually good to get to the resources that might actually help you with these things. Because if you don't know somebody, there is somebody there that knows somebody. And it doesn't hurt to ask people like, hey, I'm trying to get to this type of group. Do you know anybody? And, you know, that's one of the things I found just in working in a lot of the, you know, facilities, especially, you know, the underground and, and you know, in the others around town is you can ask questions like that. It's not like somebody's going to steal your idea. So I always want to like throw that out there because I've been around these things enough and I haven't seen six people building the same thing and everybody's talking about each other's thing. Right. So, you know, I think it's a it is a fear factor, you know, for a lot of people to take that idea and to go out there and actually do it. Uh, but it is one of those things where, you know, advice there is usually a key takeaway right from, you know, these conversations that happen within that. And like to your point, right, of doing the validation and testing and making sure, you know, it's all it's all out there. But it, the reality is, is that people are really willing to help. And, you know, there are enough different types of organizations for the you know, entrepreneurial support organizations, other ways, right, to get some resource as you need and learning the, you know, the general ecosystem here. So, Tim, you know, there's a ton going on in Durham, right? There's all sorts of activities, you know, for those I'm going to give the plug, you know, for the Durham listeners that are out there that, you know, say we don't, you know, plug them enough. 
there's good restaurants, there's good environment, the underground's right there. So you can work, you can play, you can hang out, you can do all of these things, you know, but if you looked at just kind of where it is now, right, and you look at, you know, how did somebody go forward? What do you think is that first step they should take to come understand? Where can they find you? Where can they find more information about the American Underground? Yeah, so uh, I think the best first step is to just find an opportunity to show up in person. Uh, and so we we host our member mixers every Thursday uh, afternoon. Uh, they're they're here at, at AU on Main Street. Uh, they're intended for our members, but we also have an open door policy for new folks to come check it out. And uh, uh, you can find the info on AmericanUnderground.com. You can get in touch with me, come out. Uh, we can chat. I can introduce you to some others in the community. Um, hearing about the AU from me is one thing, but hearing about the AU from people that actually have chosen to make it their professional home is, is far more uh, important and powerful. And, uh, and so um, those would be the opportunities to connect with our current community and see about how to become part of it. All right, cool. Well, and we'll make sure to put all of the information that Tim just mentioned, you know, inside of the notes and stuff for the podcast so you guys can go check it out. But if you're up in that area, even if you don't live in that area, it is still some place to become part of the community and stay connected, you know, between the different areas because it's it's really a very central spot and, you know, take the time go up there. You're going to get different perspectives with different types of companies. You know, and you mentioned something, you know, inside of it which is starting to happen more and more. It's not just straight software technology. You know, there's other technology things that are happening at the AU. There, there is ag tech, there is biotech, there is all sorts of really cool ideas. So this isn't just a software kind of play for everybody that's out there listening. So Tim, you know, taking you know, a decent amount of your time here, I want to thank you, you know, for joining us and the insights that you've given us. You know, one of the things that is really enlightening with these conversations is really just kind of hearing the different perspectives. So I hope our listeners have gained a ton, you know, from this, you know, conversation. I want to make sure that, you know, everybody gets out there and checks the underground. So Tim, thank you for, uh, for joining us today. And we appreciate you making the time. Absolutely. My pleasure. Y'all appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you soon. See you for the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We really appreciate it. If you found this conversation valuable, go ahead and share it with your network and make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast listening platform to be the first to hear of new episodes. Until then, stay curious, stay engaged, and stay tuned for more amazing insights right here on the 7 Peer Podcast.